Christmas, everybody. It's me, Tom. And it's me, Will, joining you remotely down the line from Southampton. Merry Christmas, Tommy. Merry Christmas to you, Will. Here we are, eventually live and kicking on the pod waves for a very merry 2020 Christmas. That's right. We ha- This is our, our annual festive Christmas podcast, recorded a little bit late because of factors that were beyond our control. Well, some of them were beyond our control. Some of them were within our control. But here we are. It's the 28th as we record. And if you haven't had enough of Christmas yet, here's a bit more Christmas from us. And you'll jolly well like it, because what else are you going to (laughs) do? Exactly. You're not doing anything else, are you? Let's be honest. Everyone in the UK is back at home. But this time, they're surrounded by presents, cured and cooked meats, and some delicious alcohol. And quite a lot of Christmas shopping that they didn't get to use up, because nobody came over to stay at Christmas. I don't know about you, Tommy, but we are still over here groaning with various festive treats that nobody has eaten and my wife is trying to get me to have for breakfast brandy butter on the cornflakes lobster thermidor <laughs> for elevenses just really just slathering it all on have an extra christmas pudding put it in your back pocket eat it on your annual uh, your uh, your exercise walk as you go around the park have a figgy pudding give one to a stranger <laughs> whatever you can do get rid of the stuff <laughs> Stuff it in your pockets and release it at the corner of the park. That's why your garden is full of foxes. That's right. I've been going around shaking it down. My trousers like the Great Escape. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Will, did you have a wonderful Christmas, my love? Well, we had a Christmas and, you know, (laughs) and that was it. Um, I mean, it is a sad thing because, as you know, we moved house last year and uh, this was to be our first Christmas in the new house. We're very excited about that. My wife absolutely flipping loves Christmas. She is she? oh, she is bonkers for it, absolutely bonkers for it. And she was very excited about the notion of us having Christmas here, us having my family and her family to stay. None of that happened, and uh, it was it was such a it was such a roller coaster ride because yeah, it was it was all this thing of how can we do it and how can we stay safe long enough so that we can actually see relatives at Christmas. And then what happened over here was uh, my daughter, uh, about a week before Christmas, no, two weeks before Christmas, in fact, contracted chickenpox. Have your your kids had chickenpox, Tommy? Yeah, they've had them now, yeah. It is a deeply unpleasant condition, isn't it, for a week? It just looks like your children have the plague. Um, Yeah, it can be bad. It can be bad. But what, um, what happened was, because that meant that both my children missed their last week of term, and um that meant that they were isolating basically so they could they could stay at home we could you know i was the only one going into work basically we were isolating apart from me and we thought good we've done it we've saved christmas chicken pox has saved christmas <laughs> and my daughter got that into her head and said did i save christmas daddy as she was scratching and rolling around in her bath full of porridge <laughs> did i save christmas daddy did i do it I said, yes yes you did my love you saved christmas like a modern day tiny tim yeah with your Hundreds of ghastly blisters all over your body. <laughs> you saved oh. Christmas, um, and then and then you know all hell broke loose, and uh, no nobody came after all. And and now my wife, three days after Christmas, just like I'm taking everything down. I don't care. I you know whatever. <laughs> Next time, 
I no longer care about Christmas. Yeah, it was a very strange one. We were in a very similar situation. Um, one of our kids got um, a slight temperature before Christmas, and that was it for us. We were isolation city then. Um, Santa Claus was barred from coming down the chimney. The reindeer were given their jabs yeah, as they right. flew overhead, and... Yeah. Um, that was it for us. We we locked down, confined to barracks. But do you know what? It was rather lovely, because let me tell. Was it? Well, it, well, it was well. Because let me tell you something about Christmas. I'm not I'm not a Grinch about Christmas, and I'm not a bar humbug. But it is for me a very stressful time of year. Partly because of the industry I work in. So I work in retail, and as you know, everybody wants their stuff for Christmas, which is, of course they do, absolutely fair enough. But what it does for retail um, is make it a very, very busy time of year. Now, add into that the stress of buying presents for all your family, for organising Christmas, and then add into that the stress of an international pandemic with different restrictions Mm. changing almost on a daily basis, would you say? Yes. Uh, I mean, certainly in the education business, uh, that's what they seem to do. They just sort of make it up at about lunchtime, publish it about three o'clock and just think, yeah, you know, whatever. Schools can cope with that. And uh, and, and off you go. Do you do a um, do you do a Black Friday in, in the shop, Tommy? Well, we, we were in um, lockdown two during Black Friday this year. So no is the answer. Ah, right. OK, fine. Um... Did you wheel out any of the sofas onto the street and just try to sell them to passers-by? <laughs> uh, we're not even allowed to do that. We're not allowed to trade in any way. Uh, well, we could trade online, but uh, as I'm sure you and the listeners will fully appreciate, it's not that easy uh, to, to sell furniture online compared to some other things, but maybe that's just excuses. But anyway, well, the, the point of my story is that mm. we ended up having a Christmas Day Pretty pretty standard as Christmas days go, except we didn't have the headache of the family round. Now, people will say they love having their family round for Christmas. They love having their loved ones there. It's a lovely, warm time. But sometimes, Will, just sometimes, your family can get on your tits. <laughs> they sure can. They say... But on both of them, left and right. Exactly. They say, have you put little crosses in the bottom of the Brussels sprouts? No, I fucking haven't, because it's my house, and I'll do them as I bloody well want to do them. <laughs> I, I put each one on the floor and I stamped them. Is that good enough? No? Well, then don't bloody have any. Exactly. Whatever. Jamie Oliver can suck my Christmas candy cane because I'm not putting the turkey <laughs> in a brine solution 18 hours before I cook it. <laughs> You, I mean, there is something wrong. Given the, the amount of things you have to do to a turkey to make it edible, you might just think, you know what, I'm going to have something else. I'm just not going to have a turkey. We we actually didn't in the end. We had chicken and we had venison of all things. Oh, venison. At least venison's got a bit of flavour to it. To me, turkey is sort of like the, the base plate that you put all of the other Christmas flavours upon to create a Christmas mouthful. I mean, turkey's got nothing, has it? It brings nothing to the party. No, it hasn't. It you know, in the old days where they used to make plates out of out of bits of bread. Yeah. Back in back in the medieval, it's like that. Basically, you could just have a plate which is made up of turkey, and you put all the other things on it, and you can eat the other things, and you can eat the plate if you like, or you can just throw it away. Exactly. Just chuck it outside. Just chuck it out for the cats. Chuck it out the window. That's what I did. Yeah, just whatever. Just frisbee it straight out of your window. So the upshot was that I had a, a really quite relaxing Christmas. We started the Quality Street very early in the day, about quarter past nine in the imagine. morning. Um, so I had... I, yeah, we... Um, we. I was just going to say, we had we had booze. We had booze with breakfast. Of course you did. Um, 
and uh, yeah, we, we had drunk a bottle of champagne by eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, a very very different Christmas, but don't worry, listeners. Shuttlepod is here to bring you back to normality and give you a little bit of Christmas diversion or distraction because today we've got a bumper pod packed full of stuff, Will. Yes, I, I like to think of this as the um, as the welcome Rennie that you have after Christmas just to settle your stomach back down again, just to get you back on a, on a, a level playing field to, and to, to look forward to 2021. Absolutely. So without further ado, shall we get it going? Let's get it going. We've got a special Christmas introduction for you, so let's get straight into it. It is Christmas, don't be vulgar, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Your mum has bad taste, don't indulge her, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Don't hang tinsel, don't watch TV, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Lots of plastic toys are sleazy, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Christmas lights must not be rainbow, they must not flash. Only a warm glow, making mince pies is middle class. But buying mince pies is simply ghastly. If you don't want some more abuse, ditch the turkey and buy some goose. And I'll give you a kick in the knackers. If you don't go for sustainable crackers, it is Christmas, don't be vulgar, fa la 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 Your mum has bad taste, don't indulge her, fa la 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 Don't hang tinsel, don't watch TV, fa la 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 Lots of plastic toys are sleazy, fa la 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 I went into Southampton just today, it was Walter Hall vulgarity Glitter, tinsel, reindeer eating hay And a Santa who smelled of pee It is Christmas, don't be vulgar Your mum has bad taste, don't indulge her Don't hang tinsel, don't watch TV Lots of plastic toys are sleazy. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Wow, Zarini. Hmm. Christmas number one, two thousand and twenty-one. That certainly is better than Lad Baby's latest guff, isn't it? It was certainly is, and and it kind of that mention of Lad Baby brings us on to what that song is really about, which is vulgarity at Christmas, yeah. and how difficult it can be as two middle class, middle aged men <laughs> like you and I, to to really avoid the vulgar and to try and do Christmas uh, in a classy way. And it, it's funny if with no with no uh, family coming over this Christmas, there was an awful lot of you know you could. Ultimately, you could watch TV on uh, on Christmas after Christmas afternoon. You know, after lunch, you could watch the family film. We've never done that yeah, in our house before. I agree. We've never ever did. We always have to play games. Or we have to go for a walk. It's all about middle class Christmases. But um, with nobody there to judge you, you're just like, what's up? What Toy Story? Well, I guess we're going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have going to have a nap. And uh, what we're going to play on the Xbox? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Why yeah. not? Let's build some Lego. Yeah. So things that you cannot do. Sod you tradition, I'm going to have the Christmas day that I want. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you, Tom, I've, I've got five things here. Just, it's just as a little uh, 
opinion poll really from you which of these traditions do you think is most middle class at christmas okay okay yeah. um i've got i've got going to midnight mass on christmas eve yeah uh not not watching tv at all on christmas day yeah um you're only allowed to eat your present <laughs> eat your presents you're only allowed to open your presents after supper Ooh. in the evening okay uh cooking goose instead of turkey it's number four and number five, going for a walk after lunch. Which of those do you think is the most middle class thing to do? Probably the no TV. You think no TV? Is there, is there an actual Have answer ever... to this? Uh, there isn't an actual answer, but I, I do know a family where they don't open their presents till after supper on, on Christmas Day. That's just stupidity. Which is, it's. I think it's just their way of saying this is not what Christmas is all about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get that. And yeah. okay, people. People have given presents, and fine. I suppose we will have to open them. Um, I, I, for heaven's sake, I hope nothing is made out of plastic. Everything must be made out of wood. I want wooden toys for my children. <laughs> they, they must be given the sort of toys that only Victorian children got given. So I would like them to be given spinning tops. Yes. And and those wheels that you somehow beat along a street. Or a candied uh, plum. A penny farthing. Yes, a candied plum, or mince pies that actually have real meat in them. Any of those things, those those are fine. Yeah. But uh, if, if we're going to open them, we're going to open them later because really, Christmas is all about wassailing. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I believe. That's that's what I hold dear in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I have to admit that we did go down the sustainable cracker route this year, and boy, oh boy, yeah, it was it disappointing. What a shit, what they? a load of tat! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, either way, Christmas crackers are rubbish, aren't they? Because what what is the purpose? I mean, whatever you get out, of it. if you get a load of plastic out of them, you throw it away. Yeah. If you get a load of cardboard out of it, you throw it yeah. away. I mean, you may as well, if you want something, you may as well just shout, bang, and slap each other in the face, <laughs> all on go. Just like three, two, one, bang, slap. Right there, we go. It's the same effect, much cheaper, and you know, much more sustainable. It would certainly stop the children whinging about when they were going to pull the crackers for endless hours in the morning, wouldn't it? Yeah, in fact, they would, they would dread it. I don't want to pull crackers, Daddy. Shut up. <laughs> shut up and brace yourself. Here it comes. <laughs> I think that's a new tradition. We should definitely get going with the followers of the podcast. Yeah. Listeners, get it going. Mm. Do it. Do it. Um, so, Tommy, Tommy, Tom, it's been ages since we've actually podded, hasn't it? Oh, because, ages. Um, the the just the blimmin' COVID and and various other things just completely got in the way. So I, I've got quite a bit of out about here. I mean, I might save some of it for next time. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the time, we've we've been we've been going for fifteen minutes, and um, we've the ultimately, listeners, our our purpose here today is to do a Christmas quiz. Um, so I just wonder, shall we save out and about and get straight on with the quiz? You, Do you think that's a good idea? That's a great idea. But I'll tell you what, just as a little free song to give them a little Christmas treat. Well, I know last year oh, yeah. you enjoyed this so much. My kids, as you know, play the recorder. They learn the recorder. Um, and they've done a special Christmas song for you this year. Would you like to hear it? Oh, I'm, I'm a gog. The gag. Here we go. This is from the Kirk children to everyone wishing you a very Merry Christmas. (laughs) 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 
they're still going. They're getting better, aren't they? <laughs> they are. That's a that's a massive improvement in twelve months. That's a real step forward. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been practicing every day, were they? I think they're gifted. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're special. They're certainly special. So, <laughs> Not necessarily the same thing. So, listeners, we're going to skip out and about. <laughs> we're going to skip out and about um, for this Christmas pod because you deserve a treat as yeah, much as we do. So, we're going to go straight into our yeah. festive quiz. So, the way it works. Yeah. Now, I, I think um, I think for this. Oh, oh, go on. I was just going to say. I think they should play along at home, Tommy. Um, so, I think you know, pause the pod now. Get yourself a paper and pen. If we go all the way through each round before providing answers, and then answers at the end of each round, is that the best thing? Yeah, we can do that. That's a, um, yeah. Let's do that. Let's try it. Okay, lovely. Do you want to go first, Will? Uh, I will go first. So, I have some some pretty simple uh, rounds for you, Tommy. And the first the first round is is very simple indeed. It is simply on Transformers. Okay. Not a, not an area of my Transport. expertise, but I will give it a damn good British try. <laughs> it's a very simple round, round one. Okay, all I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of a transformer, and I want you to tell me what it transformed into. Okay, how many of these? They're all robots. How many of these are there? There are ten of these. Oh Christ! Okay, I mean Christmas <laughs> okay. trees. Um, so ten transformers. They were all robots, but what did the robot? turn into okay here we go okay number one number one optimus prime okay go number two number two megatron um okay i've written something down number three number three sound wave <laughs> oh that's a very good one i'm guessing but let's go on to number four Number four, Hot Rod. Ooh. Sounds a bit like a porn star, but actually was something else. It was not a robot that turned into a, a porn star. Remember, listeners, jot your answers down whilst I'm doing it. We're on to number five now. Number five, Ironhide. Ironhide. Which is an awesome name. It's a great name for a Transformer, Ironhide. Um, I don't know. I'm going off the film versions because I'm not, I'm not as au fait with the cartoon as you are. So <laughs> I, I'm going with the 1980s cartoon, okay. <laughs> which has altogether more amusing things for them to turn into. Okay. Uh, n- number six, Grimlock. Oh, I know that one. Okay, number seven. Yeah. Number seven, Bumblebee. Uh, okay. So do you want the 1980s vehicle that he turns into? Yeah, the 1980s, please. Yeah, okay, number eight. Number eight, Starscream. Okay. The most annoying of all the uh, Transformers. Number nine, Jazz. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know that one. I'm going to have a stab in the dark. And number ten, Will? Number ten, Unicron. 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 Oh, I'm really going to have to guess this one. Unicron turned into a... Okay, so I have written down, listeners, 10 answers. Will, do you want to just run them through it very quickly again? Okay, so we've got uh, Optimus Prime, Megatron, Soundwave, Hot Rod, Ironhide, Grimlock, Bumblebee, Starscream, Jazz, 
and Unicron. So pause the pod here if you need extra time to write down your answers. I've written my answers down because I'm a very quick writer. Mm. So here we go. Uh, number one, Tommy, Optimus Prime. A lorry. He was. He was a great big lorry. <laughs> big, lovely, great big red and blue lorry. How splendid. One point. Uh, number two, uh, instantly, I always wished that Optimus Prime was my dad when I was when I was a small boy. Listeners, I, I hadn't really thought through the biology of it, but that's what, that was my desire. <laughs> Listeners, I've met Will's dad many times, and I can tell you he's the polar opposite of Optimus Prime. <laughs> was, if my dad turned into something, he would turn into a Rover Vitesse. <laughs> I would have said a pincushion. <laughs> yeah, okay, either or. Um, okay, number two, Megatron. Um, is it is it a, a starship, a starship, a, a starjet? I think I think later later on they did maybe, but actually the original Megatron turned into a gun. A gun, okay, I got that yeah. wrong. Okay, fair enough. That could be fired by the other. He was one of these ones that seemed to shrink in size. He would shrink in size into a gun that other Decepticons could hold and then fire. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. But they they were just like, you know what? Fuck you, <laughs> talking robots who turn into cars. If you've decided this doesn't make sense and it's this bit that's that you're really. <laughs> You know, sticking your heels in about, then I don't care. Number three. Uh, number three was he was it was the same sound wave. What have you got for sound wave? I've got a tape deck. He was yeah a sort of ghetto blaster tape deck. Yeah. That's right. And and then he had various things that the tapes could turn into things as well. The tape turned but into again, a sort he of. He could turn. Go on. Well, they turned into a dog and turned into a, a, a sort of a bird thing. But he could turn into a tape deck that was, or a ghetto blaster that was small enough for human beings <laughs> to pick up and walk around with. And then he would turn into a nine foot tall robot. It was fucking ridiculous. I would, I would have loved anyway. to have been on the planet that they came from. What was the name of the planet they came from? Um, oh shit! No, I can't remember. Can't remember. remember when they were handing out Cybertron. It was called Cybertron. Cybertron okay. on Cybertron in the factory when they were handing out the special transformative powers to the Decepticons. <laughs> yeah. The first one yeah. was a gun. The second one was a jet, and the third one, yeah. you're a cassette player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And number four, you're a VHS. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> number five, you're a microwave. Don't don't ask me. Don't don't complain. It's been decided. Just get on with it. We've run out of budget. We can. We're, <laughs> you're an answering machine. <laughs> you're a nine foot tall robot, and at times you decide to turn into a dial phone, <laughs> and, and you'd have the dial phone as his face. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, Number four. <laughs> Number four. Hot rod was a muscle car. Yeah, it was a sports car. That's right. He took over the. Um, the Autobots after the death of Optimus Prime, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, and his name when he took over was Rodimus Prime. <laughs> Rodimus. <laughs> Aren't you sad that, you know, you haven't got any more children to name because Rodimus is a lovely name <laughs> It's for a brilliant. boy or a girl, <laughs> for a boy or a girl, just Rodimus. Yeah, okay. And on that logic, Will, if you were to pass away, God forbid, <laughs> and I were to move into yeah. your house and live with your family and take over your job, I would simply become yeah. Tom Yum Collinson. 
Tommyum, yeah, that's that's right, Tommyum. <laughs> Tommyum Kirkinson. <laughs> Which makes you sound a bit like a Viking for some reason. Uh, okay, oh, brilliant. Dear. Number five. So that was, <laughs> number five, Ironhide. So Ironhide, what do you think Ironhide was? Was he a tank? You would have thought, wouldn't you, with a name like Ironhide, you would have thought like a tank or like a pickup truck or like something really like tough. He was actually a 1984 Nissan Vanette. <laughs> <laughs> he was a red, he was a red minivan. Oh, and specifically, specifically a 1984 Nissan Vanette. It was a specific model that he was. <laughs> with, with the, uh, with the optional a- ashtray extras as well. <laughs> Yeah, he could he could fold out, and you could have like a a sort of uh, a tenty bit as well that you could sit out on <laughs> when you when you parked up, and he had a and he had a special flask that turned into a laser gun, oh, a chemical dear. toilet that turned into a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it was either that, or he was going to turn into a Bedford rascal. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, it's oh, very good. Okay. Number six. Uh, okay. Grimlock, you knew this one. Yeah, he's a dinosaur. He was, but which dinosaur, Tommy? Was he a T-Rex? He was, yeah. He was the leader of the uh, the Dinobots. Dinobots. Uh, there was also Slug. Slug was a Triceratops. And there was a Brontosaurus, and I can't remember his name. It might have been Slag. <laughs> or, or, poss- <laughs> or possibly Slut. <laughs> there's, there's an outside chance it was Slapper. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> Number seven. Bumblebee was. He was a VW Beetle. He was a Nazi car. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It would have been great if Bumblebee had had a German accent, wouldn't it? And if if he had landed in Argentina, been <laughs> <laughs> on the run. He was. He was the only Nazi autopilot with a boot full of gold. <laughs> <laughs> And a grenade launcher. <laughs> oh, and he was—he was always trying to like not be German. <laughs> sort of, his accent would come through every now and again. <laughs> no, but Bumblebee's changed. Yes, I have changed a lot. I no longer think those things. <laughs> uh, number eight. Number eight was Starscream, who was, of course, a jet. He was. He was a fighter jet, and he was a really whiny old twat as well. Wasn't he? <laughs> like everybody hated him. The Autobots hated him. The Decepticons hated him. He was a twat. <laughs> That's what he should have turned into. Starscream should have turned into a twat. <laughs> a nine foot tall twat. <laughs> still slightly more effective uh, than a tape recorder. Yeah, still. Yeah, you could have. You could have done things with it. Um, uh, number nine, Jazz. What was Jazz? No, I'm guessing on this one. I'm going to say a motorbike. No, he was another sports car, in fact. Um, and interesting fact, he was voiced by Scatman Crothers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Scatman Crothers is the uh, bald black guy from The Shining uh, that Jack Nicholson kills with an axe. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. That's, that's, that's Scatman Crothers. And he's been in a couple of other things as well, but I can't remember what the other things were. But also, he just got an awesome name, and he was a musician as well. I think hence the hence the Scatman. But um, and I like the because th- there's Scatman Crothers. Because of course, can you name another Scatman? Scatman John. Scatman John. Of course you can. I I like the idea that if you're a Scatman, that you always have Scatman at the front of your name, <laughs> and then and then the identifying bit. 
Scatman Crothers, Scatman John, Scatman Tony, <laughs> Scatman Barry, Scatman Rodimus. Just, yeah, and when they have Scatman Rodimus, when they have their their meetings, they stand up at the beginning just like, just to remind you, everybody. Since we're all Scatmen here, we won't bother with the Scatman bit. We'll just call each other Barry Crothers. John, okay. Outside of here, we revert to Scrap- Scatman Crothers and Scatman John. But in here, just Crothers and John is fine. It saves time. It just saves time. And then uh, finally, number 10, Unicron. Unicron. This is, uh, this is slightly later. You would only get this if you had seen the film. This is slightly later in the canon, isn't it? I, I'm going to guess, was he an Xmas pudding? <laughs> you're not far. Well, you are far off, but you're not far off. Unicron, well, he tended to do a number of things, but the, the one that people remember is he was a giant planet that eats other planets. Okay. That's what Unicron <laughs> was. And I don't know what he does with them when he eats them. Like, he'd have to excrete them, wouldn't he, somehow? So does he sort of take all the bits for himself? Or does he just get bigger and bigger? I can't remember. But um, famously, of course, uh, he was voiced by whom in the uh, Transformers movie, the the animated one is that is that a question to me to you yeah yeah i'm gonna guess james earl jones uh it was actually orson wells (laughs) (laughs) it genuinely was orson wells (laughs) the man who had been in some of the greatest films of the 20th century and i think i'm right in saying that it was his final role oh my His final role was voicing an animated planet that eats other planets So let me just get this you right. On the spectrum of Transformers, you can be a 1980s tape recorder that can be carried around by a human child, or, on the other end of the scale, you can be a planet that eats other planets. That is correct, yeah. So there's there's a really broad spectrum. You can be a Nissan Vanette, <laughs> or you can be a planet. And it's really just luck of the draw. It really is. Just luck of the draw, yeah. So there we go. There's my round on Transformers for you, Tommy. Well, I enjoyed that tremendously. Not very festive, but still a quiz. No, and yeah. I suppose it fulfills at least 50% of the criteria there. That It counts. It just about counts. So for Will, for, for Will and for the listeners, I've got round two. Round two, we're going to do a little bit of audio. And I'm going to bring it back Christmassy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a short snippet of music from a Christmas film that was made in the 90s, okay? Okay. And what you have to do is tell me the Christmas film and the year that it was released, and you get two points for each correct answer. Not realise that I've explained it complicated. You get a point for each part of the question, a maximum of two points per question. Therefore, there will be five songs played. I'm going to just do it now. Okay. If you don't know that, then you're not a child of the 90s. That was number one. Have you written something down, Will? I have, yes. Right, number two. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) 
Not super easy, that one. Mm. But an absolute classic of 90s Christmas films. You'd kick yourself. Okay. That one's a bit of a guess, but okay. Okay, ready? Here comes the next one. Yep. There we go. Little clue in that one there. Yeah, I think yeah, okay, I think <laughs> I've got that one then. Okay, here's your number can see Will's face over the Zoom call. He is looking confused. <clears throat> and number five. <laughs> Here we go. Listeners, that was number five. So, you... uh, we, we watched that one the other day. Fantastic. You may, listeners, you may have watched those over the past few weeks. I'm sure you have because they were from absolute classics. But let's see how well Will did. If you need to pause the podcast, do it now to complete your answers. Welcome back. We're about to get Will's <laughs> answers. Will, this was number one. What did you think it was? Is it Home Alone? Exactly. It's Home Alone. Is that the great... Yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I went for 1992. It's 1990, I'm afraid. Ah. Very close, but well done for getting Home Alone. Probably one of the best Christmas movies ever made. Yeah, it's an absolute belter, to be fair. It really is. We watched the the sequel the other day, which is also okay. Yeah. I think there's it's, a I think, it's not bad. I think there's a Home Alone three with a different child in it, but I can't be sure. Yeah, I think you might be right. Number two, Will, what was this? Ooh. Any ideas? No, I'm I originally put Jingle all the way because I still think I could think of, but I I haven't got a Scoobies on this one. This was the Santa Claus. Ah, the Santa Claus. Do you want to take a guess at the year? Is that the one with Tim Allen where he turns into Santa? That's exactly right, yes. Uh, So Tim Allen, I reckon it's 93. It's 94, mate. Unlucky. Ah, so close. Unlucky. But we move ever onwards uh, to the third one, which I will now play. What's your answer? 
It's jingle all the way, isn't it? It is the, with Arnie. Exactly right. It's jingle all the way with Arnie. And what year was it, Will? Ninety-six. Exactly right, Will. Two out of two. Yes. That's right, that was Jingle Bells. What a dreadful Christmas film that was. And in the conclusion of that movie, because we watched that this year as well, he gets strapped into a working suit for Ultraman or whatever the, the, the superhero is, which flies. It actually flies. <laughs> and it, all it is is a thing to be strapped on a guy at a, at like a carnival to, to, on a float. <laughs> and yet it fires lasers, it has a proper boomerang, and it has a working jetpack. It's like, why? Why does this suit actually work? Anyway, there we go. Um, it's, it's dreadful. Still a lot of Christmas no- nostalgia wrapped up in that film, so we'll let it off for that one. Now, this mm. is a tough one for you, Will, I know. Number four. Any guesses on that one? It sounds very familiar. It sounds quite classy, so I'll have a guess at Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, bang on right, correct, Amanda. Yeah! There you go. They're, they're, of See, it's a, a good one, Miracle on 34th Street. It's the remake of Miracle on 34th Street with Dickie Attenborough as the big round St. Nick himself. What year was it made, Will? Now you're asking. Um, is that before or after Jurassic Park? I'm going to go with 95. It's 94. Ah, Very close. We watched Jurassic Park today, actually, and can I say, it is an absolute belter of a film. It is an absolute screamer. Uh, when I went to see that at the Aldershot uh, Cinema in whatever it was, 1992, for some reason I was really tired and I fell asleep, and I woke up at the bit where the T-Rex eats that guy on a toilet. That's my abiding memory. <laughs> That's one of the best bits, but yeah. it's an absolutely corking yeah. film, and I encourage you to go it back is. and rewatch it. It's about two pounds mm. to to buy it on any of your streaming services. It's, I'm, I don't work for Jurassic Park. Is that a thing? Is it a company? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a raptor. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a T Rex. Well done for getting that one. Uh, anyway. Good guess. And this is your. Thank you, mate. This is the last one, which I think you'll know. from a brother and what is it Will? it ain't like Christmas it is Muppets Christmas Carol of course which is the greatest Christmas film of all time it's a Muppets Christmas Carol of course it is and what year was it? 93? it's 92 ah so close you did pretty well though let me count you up. One, two, three, four, five. You got five out of ten on that one. Fifty percent. Well done, buddy. Thanks, mate. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So, listeners. Um, I mean, sorry, listeners. Top up what you managed to score on that audio round and put it to your total. As we forge on with the Christmas quiz, heading deep into round three, and Will, you're at the helm of this one. And Tommy, I've got for you here cookery shows. Very Christmassy, Will. <laughs> None of mine are Christmassy. Let me just... <laughs> Before you get disappointed in what's coming up, the, the last one isn't Christmassy either. So that's just that's just what it is. Accept it and move on. So, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, go on in. Ainsley Harriet was the second presenter of Ready Steady Cook. But who was the first? That's question number one. Okay. Number two. 
Number two, which of these is not a Nigella Lawson TV show? Simply Nigella, Nigella Bites, Saucy Nigella. Lovely, lovely Nigella. Number three, please. Number three, true or false, the next series of The Great British Menu will feature a meal for a thousand people underwater. (laughs) Okay, number four. Number four. By what name is 1970s chef Phyllis Nan Sautain Primrose Petchy better known? Just say her name again for me. Phyllis Nan Sautain Primrose Petchy. By what name is she better known? A 1970s chef. Um, a 1970s chef. Well, there aren't many mm. of those. Um, it must be... Okay, number five. Number five. In which cooking show did Clarissa Dixon Wright and Jennifer Patterson ride around on a motorcycle being posh? (laughs) Oh, God rest her soul. Number six, please. Mm. Number six. True or false? The hairy bikers met on the film set of a Catherine Cookson novel adaptation because one of them was doing hair and makeup. Oh, I want that to be so true. <laughs> Number seven. Number seven. How much money did Jamie Oliver's restaurant group owe when it went bust earlier this year? Was it 20 million, 40 million, 60 million, or 80 million? Okay, poor old Jamie. Number mm. eight. Number eight. Which of these is not a cookbook? So (laughs) I have made up one of these. So number one, save Florida, eat an iguana. Uh, And then uh, colon, the iguana cookbook. That's number one. Uh, Number two, the roadkill cookbook. Number three, the WWE cookbook. (laughs) Or number four, slugs a la carte, 30 ways to cook a slug. Okay, that was number eight. Number nine. Food writer Samin Nosrat claims that four ingredients are vital for cooking. They are salt, fat, and what other two? She had a book which was called Salt, Fat, Something and Something. Oh, okay. Mm. Salt, fat... Sounds like my breakfast. (laughs) Okay. And number 10. What is the unique twist on the format in the Netflix show Cooking on High? Okay. So we've got 10 questions, 10 festive questions about cookery. (laughs) You ready? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, who was the first presenter of Ready, Steady, Cook? Fern Cotton. Fern Britain. That's what I meant, Fern Britain, not C- Cotton. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. One's an annoying t- person, and the other one is Fern Cotton. <laughs> Number two, which of these is not a Nigella Lawson TV show? Saucy Nigella. It was Saucy Nigella, yes. 
I was I had a great a great fun thinking up alternative <laughs> Nigella shows. Things like wet Nigella and stuff like that, but I just thought, well Creamy Nigella. Try to give us mm, Nigella's nipples. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. <laughs> It works for me. Number three, true or false? Yeah, well, uh, the next series of the Great British Menu will feature a meal for a thousand people underwater. False. It is false. The Great British Menu is dreadful, dreadful TV, I think. I've never watched it. I hate everything that they cook. Oh, it's awful because it's professional chefs, so they can't just produce a nice plate of food. It always has to be something like, well, I'm going to build a treasure chest out of veal. And when you open it up, a gun fires like a mist of Brussels sprouts into your eyes or something like that. It's, it's all such rubbish. Just cook a decent meal and stop hiding it under like a diver's helmet or in, inside a miniature tank which you're going to drive into the dining room. or Just just cook a steak, for God's sake. You can't go wrong with um, a steak. So 1970s chef Phyllis Nan sautéed Primrose Petchy was better known as... Fanny Craddock. It was, of course, Fanny. Dear old Fanny Craddock. Which <laughs> does sound like the sort of a sort of complaint that you have to, uh, you have to treat with natural yoghurt. <laughs> nasty. Nasty bit of Fanny Craddock going on. Yeah, OK. Yeah, you probably want some, uh, some red currant juice or whatever it is. Yeah. It's not red currant juice, is it? What is it? Cranberry it's juice. <laughs> Cranberry juice. There you go. Um, Clarissa Dixon Wright and Jennifer Patterson were better known as Two Fat Ladies. Two Fat Ladies. Which one died? Do you know? The double-barrelled one. Was it? Yeah. They didn't look particularly healthy, did they? She looked Bless like them. two barrels. Actually, that was the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> true or false? The hairy bikers met on the film set of a Catherine Cookson novel adaptation because one of them was doing hair and makeup. True. It is true. <laughs> That's actually how they met. What was the other one doing, though? Was he just driving around on his motorbike? (laughs) Just throwing pies at people (laughs) from the back of his motorbike. No, they were were both involved. I can't remember what the other one did. He might have been like a... He was a runner or something. He had some sort of film set. But yeah. I think the taller of the two, the one who who normally has his hair back in a ponytail, uh, he is the guy who did hair and makeup, I think. And so one... Geordie said to another, oh, why, hey, man, do you like doing cooking whilst also riding on motorbikes? And they were, the other one went, How hey, man? <laughs> That's a, do us a bit and boy. Let's do a TV like programme about it. It'll run and run. And bloody has as well. Bloody has. They've got like a 30-year career at it. Good on them. Well done. How well much done. money did Jamie Oliver's restaurant group owe when it went bust earlier this year? 40 million. I think it was 60. You think it was, or you know it was? I'll be honest with you, I've put down four options here, and I haven't actually put what the answer is, but I think it was 60 million. I'll have to look it up afterwards. Well, go with that. You're the question master. We'll go yeah. with 60. Yeah. Uh, which was which of those was not a cookbook? Slugs a la carte. <laughs> it was slugs a la carte, yeah. There isn't a Yuana cookbook. There is a road cookbook. The best of them is the WWE cookbook. We haven't got time to go into it here, but I don't... At a later date, I'll describe some of the recipes on there because each of the wrestlers has has given them a recipe to put in there. <laughs> I think and what we'll do for for our Patreon people, the people that yeah. uh, sign up to Patreon, we'll do a special podcast where we will critically review and examine the WWE cookbook for you in a yeah. in a and, 
Make each recipe. Exactly. Make it live on the pod and yeah. taste it for your oral pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So food writer Salmon Nosret, she wrote a book and it was salt, fat, and what were the other two? Sugar and spice. No, it was acid and heat. Salt, fat, acid, heat. It's the the big trendy cookbook uh, about a year ago. And finally, the Netflix show Cooking on High. What is the unique twist on the format? They've all taken drugs before they cook. <laughs> that is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are recipes for people who are stoned. <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. Wow. That was a good round. I enjoyed that, although it had absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. And really, apropos nothing, it was just you just plucked that out of nowhere, didn't you? Well, prepare yourself for my third round, which also has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, but yeah. <laughs> Listeners, if you're losing the will to live, just pre- be pre-warned. There's three more rounds to come, so we're... we're... Yeah, or I mean, you know, or just turn it off. I mean, no one's forcing <laughs> you to listen to it, so if you don't like it, just fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. We are you're, fun. you're getting it for free, for Christ's sake, you know. We're, we're not doing this for you. <laughs> God only knows. <laughs> Will's crouched beneath a blanket on the floor of his playroom. Whereas I, I, I genuinely am. So, so listeners, I've I've made myself a fort out of out of chairs and blankets to try and baffle the sound. Before this, do you know where I was, Tommy, for for this recording? Were you in the dirty washing basket? I was in the downstairs toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that must it's be terrible for acoustics. Well, it's a small space, so I thought maybe it would be good, but no, there's too many hard surfaces in there, and it—I it, mean, it—it it, it was exactly what it sounded like. It sounded like I was doing the recording from a toilet, so <laughs> that, that was a no-go. But my my daughter opened the door to go to the loo and found me in there with my recording equipment <laughs> on a little table, sitting on the loo. She just—she didn't even say anything. She just looked at me and shook her head. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Shit, I have to put up with. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? <laughs> She didn't say any of that because she's eight, but she gave me a look that said, you fucking mentalist, what is wrong with you? That's Why are you funny. recording yourself? Why are you recording yourself having a shit? When you get what? to the age what? of 40, you need to start taking care of yourself. And one of those things is you record your own mm. bowel movements. That's right. Your doctor's going to say to you one day, right, <laughs> Mr. Collinson, um, just to be safe, could you, could you go home and just record yourself having a shit, please? <laughs> And you say, what, video footage? No, no, I don't need the video, I just need the audio, that's fine. <laughs> I, can, I can tell all I need to know <laughs> from a, you know, from a minute and a half sound clip, that'll do. <laughs> just post that through to me and uh, I'll have a listen and I'll let you know what's wrong. <laughs> oh, what a world we've come, what a world we live in, where doctors can diagnose you with an audio recording of your bell movement. Just compare it to the Bristol stool chart and you're away. Yeah, yeah. You could do all sorts of things. If you record you having a cough, just send that in. I'll tell you if you've got lung cancer or not. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> okay, round four. Round four. Okay, Will, so I know that you love audio questions, but I'm actually going to give you some proper general knowledge questions here. But guess what, Will? Okay, mate. My general knowledge questions are about Christmas. Are they? What? What? What a, what a refreshing change. Because <laughs> I stick to the fucking topic. So, question number one. Mistletoe yes. means what in the original Anglo-Saxon? Is it A, squirrel's balls, 
B, shit on a twig. C, snow poison. Or D, Mrs. Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you got an answer down? I've got an answer down. Does mistletoe in the Anglo-Saxon mean squirrels, balls, shit on a twig, snow poison, or Mrs. Turtle? Question number two. In the US, how many Xmas decoration emergency room admissions are reported each year? So emergency room is an American term for accident and emergency here in the UK. So is it A, 1,500, B, 15,000, or C, a hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. I, like you, haven't written the answers down to any of my multiple choices, so I'm just going to have to remember it. Question number three. <laughs> what is the average amount of... Sorry. Let me start that again. I apologise, listeners. Question three. What is the average amount of calories consumed on Christmas Day? Is it A, 4,000... B, 7,000, or C, 28,000? <laughs> 28,000. You have to eat one of your relatives for that. <laughs> I don't think you'd even get there with that. Number four. Can you describe to me how to play the traditional Christmas game Hot Cockles? I'll give you a moment to jot something down there, listeners, and Will. Can you come up with a description of the traditional game Hot Cockles? I say traditional. This game was probably around in the early 1900s, but it was traditionally played at Christmas in the early 1900s. How do you play Hot Cockles? Okay. Okay. Question number five. What is Father Christmas's postcode? What is Father Christmas's postcode? Have a guess if you don't know. These are very specific Christmas general knowledge questions. Question number six. In Spain, what is the Tío de Nadal? The Tío de Nadal. In Spain, what is the Tío de Nadal? Nadal is spelt just like the surname of the famous tennis player. Question number seven. What is a traditional Xmas or Christmas dinner in Japan? Is it A, fish and chips, B, snow meal, a selection of meats and noodles dusted with icing sugar, or C, KFC family Christmas bucket. A, B or C, listeners. Fish and chips, snow meal, a selection of meats and noodles dusted with sugar, or a KFC family Xmas bucket. Question eight. In the run-up to Christmas in Caracas, it is traditional... I'm so sorry, I've got a little bit of gas. It is traditional to travel to early morning mass by which mode of transport? Is it A, a festive donkey? Is it B, roller skates? Or is it C, a sleigh? So in the run-up to Christmas in Caracas, it's traditional to travel to early morning mass by which mode of transport? Is it a festive donkey, roller skates, or a sleigh? 
Question nine. On Christmas Day, the residents of Greenland tuck into a delicious treat of kivyak. But what is it? Is it A, raw whale skin with a little blubber attached? Is it B, sea turn feet deep fried in batter and served with seaweed? Or is it C, the decomposing flesh of a small arctic bird wrapped in seal skin buried for several months? Whichever one it is, it's certainly a Christmas treat in Greenland. I don't fancy any of those. <laughs> and question 10. Before turkey was introduced, what was the traditional British Christmas dinner? Was it A, a pig's head with mustard? B, a horse's knob with bread sauce? Or C, <laughs> a cow's udder with pickled onions? <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> So there you go, listeners. That was my Christmas trivia round, and we're going to go back and see how well Little Christmas Willie did with his answers. So question one, Will. Mistletoe means what in the original Anglo-Saxon? Uh, I went with C, uh, poison thingamabob. Snow poison. That is incorrect. Yeah. It actually oh. means shit on a twig. Does it really? It really does because, and there's a reason for it, the berries were eaten by various small mammals and then they crapped out the seeds onto the forest floor and therefore it was called shit on a twig. That's what mistletoe means. Wow. So next time you're having a snog underneath the white berries, just remember you're having a passionate exchange underneath shit on a twig. Question number two. Good. In the US, how many Xmas decoration, accident and emergency emissions are reported each year will i went with one hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> it's not quite that many it's fifteen thousand. That, that is fewer than i would imagine i mean, I mean if you'd given me a 1.5 million i would have gone with that <laughs> essentially i have a very low opinion <laughs> yeah. of americans well to be fair i have a very low opinion of about however many it was 72 million americans <laughs> I, I, I can give you a precise figure if i look it up um, yeah, but it was still an inordinately high amount, and you sort of think to yourself, could be worse. Yeah. Number three, what is the average amount of calories consumed on Christmas Day, Will? What do you reckon? I'm assuming B, 7,000. 7,000. No, it's not quite that much. It's 4,000. No, the 4,000. You've really got to be going some to consume 7,000 calories. I mean, you're getting up to Michael Phelps' diet there. <laughs> Well, I was just going with what I normally have on, on Christmas Day, which is which is six full meals. I mean, it does feel like that at the end of Christmas Day, doesn't it? But actually, the average amount for people is 4,000 calories, which is still... I mean, normally almost... what, we, what we do at home is we, we fill a bath full of molten chocolate, we each dip ourselves in the molten chocolate, <laughs> and we have to eat our way out once we solidify. And that's, that's just how we start the day. That's before presents. Yeah, exactly. So, Will, number okay. question number four. Can you describe to me how to play the traditional Christmas game Hot Cockles? I mean, I haven't got all of the details, but the, the one detail I've put down here is a hairdryer up the trouser leg. <laughs> I'm not sure what happens after that. I don't know if it's like how long you can last with a hairdryer up the trouser leg or whether there's something in your pants that you have to cook via a, tr <laughs> a hairdryer up the tr Maybe some popcorn or something like that. 
I didn't, do you know what, Will? You're actually closer than you think. I'm going to give you half a point for that one because the real uh, way that you play hot cockles is you place your head in another player's lap while other players kick or hit you from behind until you guess their identity. <laughs> until you guess the identity of the person kicking you in the ass. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> And the person whose whose lap you've got your head in, are they are they enjoying it or? I, think I suppose they, it depends. Like they've got a lap that they... full of uh, a weeping someone who's weeping deep into their lap. <laughs> I mean, if it's someone that you like having their head there, then you might you know be trying to put them off by saying, "Oh, I think that was Dave, by the way," or something like that. <laughs> Or if it's someone whose head you really don't want in your lap, you're just going, that was Steve, just say fucking Steve and let's get this over with. Fucking stupid game. <laughs> Listeners, join us next week when we will live be playing Hot Cockles on air hot with cockles. our own words. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of whom want our heads in their laps or, our head, or their heads in ours. <laughs> what a game. What a game. <laughs> Question I think, number... I think around where either I put my head in your lap or you put your head in my lap and our wives take it in turns to kick us up the arse <laughs> would at least be popular with our wives. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure the kids would get in on the action too as well. And we could sell a video of it probably. Okay. <laughs> Question number five. What is Father Christmas's postcode, Will? I don't know. I've gone for LP1. In the understanding that LP stands for Lapland. Yeah, nice. You're along. You're along the right sort of lines. I think if you had longer, you would have come up with it. Of course, it's H zero H zero H zero. Is it really spelling <laughs> ho ho ho? That is stupid shit. <laughs> you can actually send mail to that address, and you will never hear back. <laughs> he doesn't write. Nothing, not even a text. <laughs> uh, number six. In Spain, what is the Tio de Nadal? Can you tell me, Will? I've, gone, I've no idea, but I've gone with Christmas tree. Oh, it's not far off. It's the Christmas log. Have you heard of the Spanish uh, Christmas log? Oh, yeah, I have, because she realised that I we did some of these last year. I think we did, yeah. Is the Christmas log, the, it's like a shit in it, and you beat it until the other logs come out or something. So you, you fill up the Christmas log's mouth with dried fruit and sweets throughout the build-up to Christmas, and then on Christmas Day, you beat the shit out of it with a stick until it defecates its delicious innards all over the carpet. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. And I, <laughs> I, I did that a couple of times <laughs> this Christmas. I didn't, I didn't realise it was a game. We had a very similar incident with a dog who ate a rugby sock and we had to literally squeeze it out of him. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Did you, can you still wear it? I mean, you put it probably on a heavy wash, but after that it was, it was okay. Came out with a wonderful luster. <laughs> It'd been through a dog, but, you know. I mean, there are some things. There's that, there's that coffee, isn't there, that, that specifically has to be eaten by wild cats and then shat yeah, out c- and it makes it better. Civic so. coffee, that's right, yeah. But that's It'd be what... quite something if the England rugby team decided that that was one of their, like, you know, their sort of 1% things, anything <laughs> to give them a 1% improvement. It decided they were going to feed all of their kit to a dog. <laughs> Shit out. Oh, yeah, it makes our players much better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number seven, Will. Let's move on. 
What is a tradition? Uh, it's KFC. It's this. Yeah, I gave you this one last year. It's KFC. Yeah, it's KFC. Yeah, absolutely. It is KFC. We're on the same yeah. web page now. Do you know number eight? What in the run up? buggers. I. I don't know number eight. I've guessed roller skates. You guessed correctly. Ah, ha, ha. Well done. I think that sounds like a, a tremendous fun. It does, doesn't it? Good old Caracas, Caracans. Question number nine. The, the... Uh, I've gone with option C. I can't remember what the question was. Uh, yeah, so it's in Greenland, Kiviak is what's traditional Christmas meal? And I said, was it bits of whale flesh with blubber attached? Was it fried sea turns feet? Or was it a small Arctic bird wrapped in seal skin and buried for several months? And you're right, it was C, the small Arctic bird wrapped in seal skin and buried for several months. What the fuck is wrong with them? Why, <laughs> you always hear about shit like this with people in Scandinavia. Why do they keep eating rotten things? Just, I mean, I know that like food might be scarce it, up north where it's cold, but for God's sake, stop eating rotten things. It's not. And I don't think it's it. the scarcity of food. It's it's the fermentation and and the decomposition of the food that gives it a certain flavour. And once you get attuned to that flavour, you find it quite delightful. I mean, do you like a, a nice Stilton, Will? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think anybody who does is a twat. So, do you really not uh, like Stilton? No, not really. Oh, for goodness sake, man. <laughs> but even so, Stilton is still, you know, preferable to rotting whale dick or whatever it is that they eat. But Stilton is just mould, isn't it? That is, that's the mould that gives it its... Yeah, well, and that's why I don't eat it. <laughs> I will eat a baby bell and nothing else. <laughs> uh, no, also laughing cow. <laughs> Okay, question number 10 before we all die. Before turkey was introduced, what was the traditional Brit- British Christmas dinner? Was it a pig's head with mustard, a horse's knob with bread sauce, or a cow's udder with pickled onions? Uh, I've gone for A, the, the pig's head. You're absolutely correct, Amundo. Well done, well done. I'm totting you up. And oh, dear. One, two, three, four, You got five out of ten again. Well done, mate. I'm relatively happy with that. Listeners, compare your own Um, scores to Will's. I'm sure they're better. Tommy, we have we've. I'm looking at the time here. We've we've gone well over an hour now. We've still got two rounds left. Should we knock it on the head there and maybe save the the last two rounds for something else? I think that's a great idea. There's. um, I can use my final round for another week, so don't worry about that. And, and I'm sure and I can use my final round any time because it's not Christmas at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's convenient. I just I say that mainly because in order to be in this this um, sort of tent fort that I've created in the playroom, I've had to put myself in in a, the sort of stress position you see people in in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> my my hips are screaming. My bum has fallen off. Um, I basically after this, I'm going to roll over. And stay in the same position because all my joints will... And they're going to find me here in the morning, I think. <laughs> and I think my daughter will just walk into the playroom in the morning. And she'd previously seen me in the toilet trying to record. And now she'll just see me in a tangle of blankets <laughs> on the floor of the playroom. And she's just like, right, I'm leaving. That's it. I'm off. I don't care. Uh, well, I'm going to take that gardening money and I'm, I'm, I'm going to Bristol. I don't care. <laughs> 
Uh, well, well, I hope that that's not the case. I hope that in the morning you find yourself fit and well and ready to record another day. I know that the listeners are desperate to hear your dulcet tones once more. And the good news is that we're going to be doing a review of the year on the next pod, aren't we? That's right, yes. Our traditional review of the year following the same or similar formats to, uh, <laughs> to last time round. Or whatever format and, we were and judging by our current recording schedule, we will record that sometime in March. <laughs> but we hope that you've had a wonderful festive period, whatever you've been doing. We hope that you've remained as safe as possible and that you Indeed. are keeping well. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Feel free to tweet us at shuttlepod4 or email us shuttlepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your festive stories. And we will be back very, very shortly. So... Until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me down in Southampton. And we will see you next time on Shuttle Shuttlepod. Pod.